This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Sir Ryan of House Terbush, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current master of coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Daenerys III of A Clash of Kings. And in our Maester study, we will be discussing King Viserys uh, Part 1 as we continue our Fire and Blood series. Yeah, as... You know, here we are, man. A Daenerys chapter, it has been a bit. That's how it works, is you go like... 12 chapters and then you get back to Daenerys uh so but yeah. this is a good one actually um you know we're gonna start talking about some of the warlocks we talked to Quaith so there's a lot of big theories uh obviously surrounding her sounds like she wants us to go to a shy are we gonna go there in the books yeah way different well, than the show possibly well was that an abandoned plot line in the books we don't know right I mean right we don't know <laughs> we don't I mean know. seriously it's yeah that's that it's an interesting chapter and we'll discuss all that I guess you know, when we get there, but yeah, Quaith is in this. We're, we're climbing uh, fire ladders, and uh, it is it is a fun, uh, exciting chapter. We used to go to the Danny chapters and be like, oh, my God, here we go. Back with the Death Rock. Here, you know? here, we, here we go again. Yeah, because it just feels so different and so far away. But Yeah, I'm not a, a – uh, I love Daenerys. Love her mm-hmm. story. Just don't like her out there walking through dry heat, just, you know, miserable. That – I. I like it so. It's so much more interesting when she gets to Carth and she goes into the right. Slaver's Bay and all that good stuff. It's it's fantastic. Uh, right. So that, and that's what, and that's what we say. She, I think she's one of the best characters to do a a point of view read through because her her story is so so isolated. But other than that, man, uh, how you been? How's it going? It is. Uh, I think it's storm in there, man. You were losing power earlier. And- yeah, I mean, power might shut off here any second. Who who knows? Uh, gr- uh, windstorm came through. The winds of winter are literally uh, kind of kind of stirring up. Um, so those of you, we record uh, basically the day a day or two before we release the episode, so you guys will know. Uh, yeah, uh, if you were in the north uh, northeast, I think it was storming where you were at too, though, right? Ironically, like, or is yeah, that ironic? Storm. I mean, is it is it not always yeah, storming? It's ironic. Yeah, uh, it's in typically raining. It has been raining these past few days, which is fine because I I, li- I like the rain. But um, yeah, yeah, we actually had some wind, some high wind the other day, which is ab- abnormal for here. But uh, yeah, man, things are good. 
Gosh, we've as and I have been recording literally this entire weekend. I have no idea how many hours of content we've created, but it's been well, a lot for across the spectrum. A lot of it's been Star Wars stuff, right? But uh, so if you if you like that, you can check that out here. But we are hammering down some Game of Thrones content as well. Yeah, for sure. I would say also, yeah, go go check out Hyperspace Hangout. Um, we are covering the Mandalorian. Did a massive, really fun, fun video. Fifty characters you might see in that could potentially be in the Mandalorian series. A lot of fun. Did a lot of research on that. And while we were doing it, I think you could count the amount of time that we have been hanging out the last couple of days in terms of logs that you've been putting into your 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 wood burner. I mean, you've kept the Man, I've had, fire still going or what? Well, I so I, yeah, I started a fire Friday. I started a fire Friday night, and then you know I just filled it up, and then you know I woke up in the morning and I was like, well, that thing's still kind of going a little bit. So I threw a log in, and then the next thing you know, I was like, well, heck, I kept that fire going all yeah. day. And then same thing last night. I was like, well, I'll just load it up a little bit. And here we are now. And the fire's still going. So, you know, it's a battle. Sometimes wow. I got to open the door. I'm like, it's too hot. Sometimes, you know, it's, oh, it's too cold, <laughs> you know. But it'll go out tomorrow yeah. when I go back to work. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah I just think it's funny because I've been thinking, oh, it's going to go out. And Matt's just going to be like, wow, okay, I'm done. No, it just it keeps feeding the fire. So keeps going. It's, it's keeps, fine. Keeps, Great. keeps going. Yeah, I actually burnt my hand a little bit opening the opening the, the door. I was like, I was, you know. Come on. Like, I'll just shove this thing in there. It was amateur hour. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it, it, hey, it, it kind of parallels what we've been doing, though. We've been, uh, you know, putting logs on the old uh, podcasting fire that we've been, you know, um, working on, tending to this weekend. So a lot of different things. Um, Wheel of Time wise, there was some fun stuff. We did some collaborations there. Posted uh, an, an update on the reread over there for Heroes of the Horn. Um, just, yeah, a lot, a lot. I was telling you literally three days in a row. So an unexpected podcast, uh, our buddy Dave was on, you were on the week before, uh, that was Friday. And then we did all, you know, well, actually Friday morning, we started off with hyperspace hangout, you know, doing Mandalorian Friday night on an unexpected podcast, kept going all day Saturday. And then we've been going all day today and we're not finished. We got, we got one more to do after this. So, you know, yeah, yeah. The Matt and Ez show, by the way, for anybody who hasn't checked that out, it's Ez and I talking about anything and everything. If you guys just want to do another, just hang out with us throughout the week. I mean, we talk about God, favorite 80s movies, sports, politics. I mean, literally food. anything, food, anything yep. and everything we, we talk about, we talk about over there. So yep. uh, you guys can, can check it out is on every platform that you can find Ben the Neon. So, but yeah, man. So, well, as um, not really a lot of news uh, on the Gur on the Gur front, we had that thing we talked about last week uh, where you gave us a kind uh, a quick a quick little update. Um, I will say uh, thanks to uh, Sir Jimmy who recommended uh, me checking out the Game of Thrones board game. That online version of it came out. I just played it on Steam the other day. Pretty complex, um, mm-hmm. it was, yeah. but it's pretty cool. So I might do I might do like a, a playthrough of that and go live uh, at some point here in the next week or so. Um, and just and do it on Steam, but it's kind of cool for anyone who who's who's into that kind of thing. I think it was like, I think it's twenty bucks, but I got it on sale for like twelve or, or fifteen or something like that on Steam. Um, it's a board game. Uh, you know, you get different factions. You're in Westeros, and kind of kind of cool, man. I I was waging war against the Targaryen or not, uh, the Baratheons, and I was I played as the Starks, and I was making alliances with the Greyjoys, and it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. I mean, um. How complex? How complex are we talking? I mean, it's I, I I need to I need to put a lot more time into it to really okay. to really to really understand it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, yeah okay. I mean, it's not nearly as easy. It's not it's not nearly as easy as Risk. I'll say that. If it were if it were just Risk, I'd be it'd be a lot easier. So. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, the Game of Thrones yeah. is is more complex. So, 
Yeah, that's, that's cool. True. That's good. So uh, yeah, all right, man. Anything else? I guess otherwise we can move over into our into our small council and and our and our maester study. Yeah, the only thing I want to mention, I guess, at the top of the show though, is we I think uh, coming up this coming Friday. Um, so we are going to try to do a Zoom hangout. Right, we're gonna do a Zoom hangout with our with our bannermen. Mm-hmm. With our patrons, yeah, yeah. So if you're in yeah. that bannerman tier or above, uh, squire tier, uh, then you can come, uh, you can come hang out. Uh, bring your, bring your white claws. That's all I gotta say. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> bring bring your white claws or, or your 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 beverage of choice, and we just we'll we'll hang out. So, yeah. uh, what time we th- what time we think we thinking about doing that? Yeah. I, so no, it'll be November uh, November twentieth. Um, we are going to probably come well come home from work, watch the Mandalorian. So I don't know. I mean, like I for earliest we could do it would be six Eastern, um, but maybe even like you know, um, well, gosh, yeah, that would be yeah, you know, well, no, it would it would probably be somewhere be closer to like let's say nine Eastern, which would be six your time, or six my time, six which your is time. Pacific time, nine yeah. your time, yeah, which is yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, so yeah. nine nine yeah. nine uh, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, yeah, it's perfect, right. And then get other some... other other various times depending on your time right. zone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maglum, sorry. Uh yeah. Seriously, we got people who live in Australia and all these all these different all these I different know. places. So yeah. you know, and we're and it's time to end daylight savings time too. Cause some places count it, some places don't. Holy. I don't know. It's a it's it's a, it's unnecessary. <laughs> Jiminy. So. So, all right, guys. Hey, with that, let's move on over to our Maesters study. Again, we've been t- we're going to be doing more Fire and Blood content, getting ready for House of the Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. And so we, we decided to do. Um, uh, thanks again to to Matthew Perry who who sent us in uh, an awesome kind of just covering some highlights of the um, Targaryen Civil War and just kind of guiding us through some of the the major points or even just really cool moments in Fire and Blood. Uh, we're going to kind of go through, it's tough to do it chronologically. I mean, I guess we're going to try, it's going to be cr- chronological, but then we're also going to go to different characters and it's tough. Once you get into the thick of the war and you talk about your main player, your main players, it's it's going to be kind of weird to go through uh, their whole story arc because we'd have to cover, you know, you get to Daemon Targaryen, you're going to have to go through the entire his entire thing, or we could just stop at part one. So we're thinking about doing these things in series. You know, I haven't quite figured out how we want to do it exactly. Like today, um, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing King Viserys. So King Viserys, this is part one, and we're really just talking about um, his appearance, his character, uh, some of his history, his youth, and his early reign. Uh, we'll get into later sort of um, will be his second marriage. That'll be part two, and then his later reign. Uh, that'll be part three. So we'll, we'll kind of figure out how we want to apply that to the other characters. But uh, really to start off, you know, he is a, he's a peaceful king. He's, he's, he's a peaceful guy. Uh, he's not very into conflict. We actually see that a lot with Damon, his brother, uh, you know, just in the way that he keeps kind of, you know, bringing him back. He loves his brother and he loves his family. Uh, very much loves Rhaenyra. I think he's, he's very torn, you know, about the decision he has to make later on with her. But he's a family guy. And uh, he's he's a peaceful dude, you know. So yes, yeah, which is which is which is awesome. So to kind of start with that guy, a, a likable Targaryen uh, is cool because I think what people have seen in the main A Song of Ice and Fire series is uh, the Mad King and uh, and and Danny 
Uh, call her the Mad Queen if you want. I don't know. Um, oh, uh, let's, let's 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 Whoa. be careful there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, they do go through some some turmoil just even to get to Viserys. I mean, you start with Aegon, who's pretty neutral. People seem to like him. Then you go to, um, oh gosh, I'm, uh, Aenys Targaryen. All right, and he's he's kind of good, but he's kind of weak. Then you go to Megor, who's like the total opposite, right? And then it's yeah. he goes. Goes back and forth a little bit, and then we get to Viserys, who's pretty good. Um, people see people seem to kind of kind of like him. Um, yeah, I mean he he uh, he's very generous, right? Uh, legendary in the Red Keep. The Red Keep becomes a place of song and splendor during his reign. He hosts countless balls, feasts, tournaments. Uh, you know, lavished gold uh, with lavish gold and offices and honors among those he favors. Um, he's well loved by lords and small folk alike. Uh, in his midlife, Viserys' uh, stoutness um, caused him numerous health problems. This is kind of just appearance and, and who he kind of is uh, from the wiki. Um, caused him numerous health problems. He gets a little more plump, right? He gets gout, kind of back pains, some joints, respiratory issues. Uh, towards the end of his life, uh, he gets even bigger, right? And so he can't even yeah. climb the iron, hey. iron, th- iron throne anymore. Right. I'm telling you guys, there's, there's something that I don't know what George, you know, George is telling us, right? That that whole sedentary life, right? That, that lifestyle of just sitting. Be careful now. It'll kill you. All right. It's, so yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it says he, you know, yeah, he has a silvery gold mustache and he wears a crown of his grandfather, Jaharis. Yeah. And I wonder if that is something they will they will touch on. And it is something, you know, we've talked about uh, trying to go back and, and, and recount that and see what is what is the deal with that? Because we know there's like two crowns, right? There's the Valyrian yeah. steel one and a gold one that they kind of go right. back and forth. And then may um Makar kind of makes his makes a new one and stuff like that, and so it's it's interesting to kind of recount that. But so um so that's 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 who he is. That's what he'll look like. Um, act- the actor who's playing him, I think, as we're seeing him, um, you you know, he's he's kind of a skinny guy. So I don't know if they're gonna make him get if he's gonna gain weight for this role as 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 we go throughout the seasons or what or what the deal is. Yeah, he could. I mean, it also kind of depends on are we gonna see him, you know. Early on, are we going to see maybe some strife between him and his brother before, like like his his daughter Rhaenyra? Are we going to see this early life? Are we going to see this first marriage? How early are they going to start, and how how I guess quickly are they going to progress us to the civil war? If that makes sense, because mm-hmm. you could show this you know, make us fall in love with Rhaenyra, um, and then also I yeah I, I don't know how are you going to cause I guess this rift uh, between the Blacks and the Greens and Alice and Hightower. Um, the pacing, where they start, what they show, what they focus on is going to be really interesting depending on how long they want this series to go, how many seasons they want it to be. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. so that's just kind of an overview of, of his appearance. Um, we know that the old king, King Jaehaerys, there was a lot of issues, right? With uh, We've talked about the Council of, of 101 AC, uh, and just basically it's this deciding who is going to be the heir. Um, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's I don't know, it's... It's a, it's a tough decision. Um, ultimately, Viserys is eventually chosen by the Great Council. And uh, so he was 26 years old and had been married for a decade uh, to Lady to, to Lady Emma, Aaron. And uh, so that's his, that, his first marriage, right? Um, early reign. So here we go. King, King Viserys, early reign. Um, inherited a secure throne, full treasury, right? And he is known, he also has quite a bit to kind of live up here. Too. You know, the old king did a lot of good things. Um, he, he did a lot at that at the wall. I mean, his I loved Fire and Blood because it really did fill in a lot of the world building that happened with the old king and a lot of the story, a lot of this growth. 
So we we pick it up in a really good spot. The, the irony in all of this is that, like, as you follow Viserys, and we're just talking early reign here, you know, um, eventually the, the, the irony is that, like, he fought, like, his daughter, Princess Rhaenyra, is who he, because he doesn't in his early reign, this is his first marriage, have any sons. And his wife is unable to, you know, give him sons or, you know, uh, you know, bear children and things. So that's, that's tough. Right. And so, um, what are you going to do? I mean, are you, are you going to say, no, I'm not going to pass the, the, you know, the, the crown down to my daughter. You're not going to do that. Uh, he made her attend council meetings and things like that. And she was, you know, well liked by the realm. I mean, it's, mm. he's, he's a family guy, Matt, right. He's a family guy. So yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, um, very, very much. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, the young king was determined to maintain the peace and goodwill that his grandfather, as we said, uh, Jaharis the wise had had created. So uh, let's see. They did have a son that did die in infancy. I forgot that. So that's interesting. He had, he had a son who died in infancy. Uh, Princess Rhaenyra, who was six when his father, uh, when her father became king, uh, let's see. The princess became his royal cupbearer at the age of eight and was always by her father's side at feast, balls, and tourneys. So I kind of think when we see this, you know, we're going to see Rhaenyra early on and we're, we're going to start to really like her. I don't know if we're going to see her at eight years old or when we're going to uh, pop into this, but because we also have to get to know uh, Prince Damon Targaryen, his brother. Yes. Y- you know what I'm saying? And so if the actor is not like, a, you know, this older kind of um, heavyweight guy, I mean, why not start early? I mean, it, like there, during the council, uh, Damon also was someone who was backing his brother, right? Because that put him next in line and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, there, there starts to be some tension between the two as, as, we, as we move along because he wants to be, you know, I mean, I don't know, he's just, he's power hungry. He's just a little power hungry. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and and yeah, Rhaenyra is going to be a big player in this too. I mean, she's the. I mean, she. It's going to be really kind of those those three for a lot for a lot of this. So, so how quickly do you decide to start when you know? Do you start when Rhaenyra is young, or do you start when when they're older? It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be interesting to really see. I hope once once we get like a first teaser or trailer, we'll we'll be able to really kind of pin this whole thing down. But until then, we're just in waiting mode. Yeah, and and, and speculating. I mean, that's the thing because. I think you would want to see some of this stuff maybe between, you know, brothers uh, happening. I don't know. I mean, it's you, you can do it later on and just sort of uh, not flashback, but talk about some of the, uh, you know, issues between the two of them. Because one of them, you know, is that he wants to be the heir. And so he, cover, he, he covets, right, that Prince of Dragonstone title. And this is why Viserys was desperate to kind of have a son. Uh, and he doesn't, right? And so he had no wish for Damon to uh, succeed him. So although it paints Viserys in a really good light, I mean, the fact that he doesn't want his brother, he wants one of his own children to sit the throne. And he already knows, he very much understands because of the Council of 101 AC, what could happen, the turmoil. I mean, they almost went to war. There was almost fighting. Uh, House Valerion got super ticked off. And it it almost came to battle, right? So, do you really want to see that with your own brother? No, it's just easier. Let's just have someone and you know um, have a son, and we're good. We can move on. Uh, but to kind of ease some of that tension that is brewing there, he appoints his brother to the small council, 
and 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 that's and that's cool, right? Um, Otto Hightower is there as well. He's going to become a big player later on with Allison Hightower uh, being who uh, Viserys would take as his as his second wife. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's something where it's I don't know, it's it's something like he's trying to appease his brother Otto Hightower. I don't think he thinks it's a good idea, right? It's not really that good a, a good of an idea in his mind. But hey, whatever. You know, um, this is a prince. Bring him on. Now, the big, I guess, uh, a major point here in his early reign is that in 105 AC, um, Emma died in labor, birthing the king's son and heir, uh, whom Viserys named uh, Balon after his late father, Prince Balon. But the infant died a day after Emma Aaron. So while the king was uh, bereaved, his brother Damon was uh, observed in a brothel in the Street of Silk, making drunken japes. Uh, with his cronies about the air for a day. Now that would piss me off, right? Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Y- y- you know, like, it, does that get back to his his brother? And and you know, like that's that's something. If we see that getting back to his brother in the show, wow, uh, it's gonna piss him off big time. So, anyways, that's that's uh, kind of early on uh, rain. So, I don't know that I like Damon out the gate. He's he's he turns into a likable guy. He's this sort of like. Um, in between gray character. Yeah, he's kind of a gray character, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Uh, after after the mourning period was over, Viserys held a lavish ceremony in 105 AC and had Rhaenyra declared the heir and the princess of Dragonstone in response to the ungrateful and to in response to his ungrateful brother's uh, ambitions. So, hundreds of lords show up there. People swear solemn oaths to defend her right to of of succession. Uh, Daemon then left the capital in a fury. Uh, Viserys began to groom Princess Rhaenyra to be the ruling queen, teaching her how to rule, and made her a part of his small council. So, um, in short, you know he he's married. He has a daughter, Rhaenyra, who he loves. Um, he's she tries to have a son. It does not work out. I don't think Otto Hightower or anyone else. It's almost like you can kind of see a touch of um, Megar the Cruel in 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 Daemon. There's something there. There's you know that we always talk about flipping a coin with Targaryens. And it's early. Uh, in in this line of kings, but the the further it goes on, people start to kind of wonder if there isn't a madness in this family uh, or or something. And there's a touch of that maybe in in Damon. And so they don't want him to take over. They don't want him to rule. And but there is no one else, right? There's there's just right. Rhaenyra at the time. So yeah. Um, now part two we'll pick up on next week, which is basically uh, Sir Otto Hightower is going to urge. King Viserys to take a second wife and uh, someone who can give him more children. So, but, but my friends, he has made sure to make it clear that Rhaenyra is the heir. She's the princess of Dragonstone. She's next up in line. Everyone swore those solemn oaths. And, uh, you know, as, as Jamie Lannister tells us later in the series, we're swearing a lot. We're making a lot of vows to a lot of different people. And we're not keeping them all, Sir Matt. You know which ones are we supposed to keep? Yes, that is yes, all that of them. Is, I think that right. Is, that, is, that, is, <laughs> that is yes. You are one. You are one hundred percent right. Yeah. You know, and just one of the things, real quick, uh, uh, about about Fire and Blood, and how I think I think one of the things, especially for for people who are necessarily non book readers, or even people who are just reading this series and haven't gone back and are like, you know. I'm not really studying the histories as much um, just because it's really two sides. And, you know, one of the things that Game of Thrones did very well early on was 
everybody had their famous house. You had you had people who were very strong uh, Stark loyalists or Targaryen or Baratheons or whatever. Um, and so in this, I think they'll do a really good job of saying, "Here's your two factions. Who's gonna win?" Because you know that it's probably it's a Targaryen who wins, and so it's a great way to kind of do it. And then you know you get to, you get to the end, and then then you'll 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 see finally who won. But for people who aren't necessarily going back and reading everything, you could totally go through. I feel like this series and be like. Wow, I really I'm I'm no I'm on this side or I'm on that side. Right. Yeah, there's likable characters on on both sides because Rhaenyra is someone that we really, you know, I think we'll get to like and we'll grow to like, but uh Damon who will enter the picture later on is not a character that we would like completely. He says some really rude stuff, but it's amazing how much George can make us forgive certain characters, you know. Jamie Lannister pushes a boy out a window and by the end of the series we're all rooting for him. It's insane. Yeah. It's in, it's insane. Yes. So Damon could be that same type of character for us. And uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I hope they they, they really uh, pay close attention to, to his his character in the series. They have to. So yeah, absolutely, guys. Hey, let us know. You know, if there's any characters, by the way, you guys specifically want us to cover, shoot us a email at btkcast@gmail.com or um, you know give us a comment somewhere, and uh, we can we can be like, hey, we can we can cover these guys for for Fire and Blood as well. Okay, as with that, let's move on over to the reread. Uh, this week we're into Daenerys three. We're gonna go uh, meet some of the warlocks uh, and 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 uh, Quaith. Uh, but last time in Daenerys two, um, you know, D- Danny, we 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 made it to Karth, right? Um, you know, and there's a great celebration going on. You have we meet Zaro Zohan Doxus, right? He provides her this huge, gives this huge wing of his palace. Um, Jorah Mormont shows up with a ship captain, right? There's news that King Robert Baratheon is dead and there is a civil war in the Seven Kingdoms. So remember that Danny is getting a lot of this news. Um, you, you know, it's, ta- it's, it's, it's taken her a while. So, um, you know, so, so, th- uh, this chapter, um, we're, we're with Zaro for, for a lot of it. And she, Danny is trying to like, I want ships and I want to go to Westeros. And Zaro's like, I don't know about that. Right. He's 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 not necessarily buying buying into it. He, uh, you know, he's telling her that a lot of these people are really only interested in you because you have dragons. Right. Um, And, you know, why? Why would I want to go? You know, why would I want to go sail sail to Westeros? Right. And he's just really pushing for her um, to marry him. Right. And that's that's a that's a a big a big a big part of this um, chapter. And. Um, I have I have it highlighted here. There's a part we'll get to later that I really liked where Danny is talking about being a beggar, right? Oh In man, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, she's, that, that she's, yeah. She's, she's she's talking she's talking about being a a beggar. Um, and um. I'll, I'll I'll get it I'll get it pulled up here. Um, just give, give me. Give well, that's me one, one of the things in in, yeah. in the reread. You know that I uh, when I did my point of view reread uh, of um, Daenerys. Yeah, oftentimes like she often will focus on the fact that her brother was the beggar king, and she, <laughs> there's no way she wants to be in the same position. She's almost like a more glamorous um, beggar queen, and maybe that's what that's what Viserys was uh, growing up a little bit. You know when when you know. When he's um, younger and has more, and and he's you know he gave away their crown, the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's what it is, and it's it's all it's honestly like one page in. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll reference it here. 
Um, so I'll read. I'm just going to read a, a, a passage here. It says, um, the trickle he started soon swelled to a flood. Trader craptons brought lace from Mir, chest of saffron from Yt, amber of, and dragon glass out of Ashai. Merchants offered bags of coins, silversmiths rings and chains. Pipers pl- uh, piped for her. Tumblers tumbled, and jugglers juggled. While uh, dyers draped her in colors she had never known existed, a pair of uh, Jogus Nai uh, presented her with one one of their striped uh, zorses, black and white and fierce. A uh, widow brought the dried corpse of her husband, covered with a crust of silvered leaves. Such remnants were believed to have great power, especially if the deceased had been a sorcerer, as this one had. And the Tourmaline Brotherhood passed... Um, pressed on her a crown wrought in the shape of a three-headed dragon. The coils were gold with wings of silver, the heads carved from jade, ivory, and onyx. The crown was the only offering she'd kept. The rest she sold to gather the wealth she had wasted on the pureborn. Zara would have sold the crown too. The 13 would have seen uh, she had a much finer one, he swore, but Danny forbade it. Viserys sold my mother's crown, and men called him a beggar. I shall keep this one, so men will call me a queen. And so she did, though the weight of it made her neck ache. Yet even crowned, I am a beggar still, Danny thought. I have become the most splendid beggar in the world, but a beggar all the same. She hated it, as for as her brother must have. All those years of running from city to city, one step ahead of the usurper's knives, pleading for help from uh, archons and princes and magisters, buying our food with flattery, we must have known how they mocked him. Small wonder he turned so angry and bitter. In the end, it, it had driven him mad. It will do the same to me if I let it. Part of her would have liked nothing more than to lead her people back to Vase Toloro uh, and make the dead city bloom. Now, no, this is uh, that is defeat. I have something Viserys never had. I have the dragons. The dragons are all the difference. So to me, as yep. when I view it, just, you know, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about, you know, what happens in season eight, right? Whether it happens or not, right? You know, again, it's it's one possible outcome that the books could go down. I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking about, wow, I just that I'm reading that. And I'm just remembering season eight. Danny's sitting there. The bells are ringing. Uh, they've surrendered. You know, you have the issue with her and John and, and, and San, right Sansa where, where John is loved by all the people and she's not right. Um, and, you know, she says it'll drive me mad. But I have something they don't have. I have the dragon. She's literally on a dragon. And that's when she decides to know. I'm torching the city, right? And so, and then you know the the next the 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 final episode, right, where you get that awesome shot of her coming out and uh, the dragon's wings flare up, and it's like, oh no, she's a dragon, right? Yeah. So I'm not not saying that's going to happen in the books. Again, that that's what happens in the show. It could be told. It could be it could be totally different. Maybe not, but could be. But even still, I mean, it it still it still gave gives the it's the idea right here. This line of talking about. Um, no, I'm a dragon. I have something Viserys never did. It'll drive me mad. Um, even, you know, we know that somebody's going to betray Danny for love, right? You know, all these things. Danny's going to be betrayed by this, betrayed by that, betrayed by this. We It's, it's in the same chapter we get Quaith saying, you need to go to, you need, you need to go to go east. You must go west, all, all that stuff. And we'll, we'll get to that. Um, to go west, you must go east, excuse me. Um, so it's just it's just all interesting, and I find that 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 passage so fascinating because it's 
Things just, I don't know. It, to me, it seems like Danny's gonna go mad. Okay, I'll just say well, it seems like. Go ahead and say it. Seems like she's yeah. either. Seems like she's either, she's either gonna go yeah. mad or. Or she's gonna, or it's ultimately gonna end up being no. I'm not those things, right? But I, yeah. I to me, I I just feel more so that I, I feel like she's gonna she's gonna get mad. I mean, she all all of the all of the decks are stacked against her between. Yeah. Between being in Essos and uh, the getting sold, basically sold to Cal Drogo, and now you have Young Griff over there, and Sir, and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, another interesting thing that happens in this chapter: Zaro says, I think he says it twice. He at least says it once for sure, but I'm pretty sure I heard him say it twice. Um, where she, what, like, is saying, "I needed knights. I needed these various things. I needed, uh, I need, I need some of your ships." I think one time it's with ships. One time it's with like soldiers and knights. And he says that he gave her knights, right? But they were no bigger than his little, his little finger. And they were all jade and different like precious, you know, materials. And then the ships, he's explaining how that wouldn't really help you, all that kind of stuff. Every time she brings up the idea of going back over to Westeros, he says, drive this madness from your mind, right? This is madness. He tells her it's madness or, or you know, he's like, it's, it's, he, he's trying to dissuade her from, uh, you know, going forward with this, it's, 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 and he calls it madness, right? Um, so that goes right along with what you're saying. So you can at least say that she is, uh, there is, and again, that was Zaro saying that that wasn't her thinking about it or whatever. He was the one telling her that. So whether she's thinking about it herself, asking about the mad King or we're focusing on the bells or the saddest little sound was the bells or whatever it is, there's definitely a struggle she doesn't want to be the beggar queen, and she doesn't want to. She knows what she's entitled to. She knows what she wants, and she's going to go. She's she's dead set on sitting on the iron throne and taking back her kingdom. Um, it's her legacy. It's it's the legacy of her family, and so she is going to do that. And she does have dragons. So I think it's kind of like, you know, whether or not she actually does go mad or whatever. She's dealing with those things right now. We can say for a fact that the madness is surrounding her. She's worried about it. She thinks about it. There's, um, you know, there's mentions of it around her. And she actually will tell you that she doesn't, she doesn't want to be a beggar queen. Those are her thoughts where she does think about those things. And that like her brother gave up that crown. She won't. She's not going to do that. She, and, and she can't believe that they got to that position, you know? So, I don't know. That that was some of my bigger takeaways fr- from this is that that's something Danny's dealing with. Other people kind of see it. Um, I think, you know, when she goes to the pureborn, right, and she goes in, uh, she's bearing one breast. All right. she's She didn't weep, Matt. She was supposed to weep in front of them. She All didn't right. weep because that's not what they do. She did a lot of other things to get in front of the pureborn and make her case, and they said no. She even bribed people, right? She she bribed them. She gave them gifts. She did all the things you're supposed to do in Karth. Some of them were like supposed supposedly bought. Um, and Zara's asking, you know, did you do all those things that I asked you to do? The one thing she didn't do was weep. Okay, so I don't know. Um, interesting uh, that she didn't do that, right? But uh, you, you know, had she have had a fully grown dragon, had she sit, had she sat in Karth or a city nearby? And that dragon would have been, if those, as they get bigger, they're saying yes. The answer will change from no to yes. 
That's what she knows. She, I think she knows how important the dragons are. They do as well, but it's almost like they're in denial. They don't quite yet see the potential that the dragons uh, kind of carry with them. And she does, and she knows it, and, and that's sort of what's going to keep her driving towards King's Landing. So screw you guys. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something different, which is which is what we'll get to. But before we do, I, I unless you have a thought on that. Um, no, no, go ahead. Okay, I want. Did, did you catch the the piece where um, she tears off the gemstone that Zaro had given her to wear around mm-hmm. her neck that would ward off poisons? It was like, oh, okay. There's this special gemstone that has wards that uh, if if you wear it and you drink a poison. You know, it will ward off, or it could it could warn you of that, or it would it would uh, you know kind of um, I don't know. Negate I think the poison. It's, I I I think it's a joke. You think it's a joke? I think it's real. You know, and I'm wow. all for it. I was like, that is cool, a magical stone. You know, back to the old stones and the glamours and the things like that. I was like, let's go, because she does end up like uh, uh you know, she, they she is try like people do try to poison her, um, several times and. Ironically, they say, you know, like, um, poison is a woman's weapon, right? Right. And she's the one who we see that, that, that people try to attempt to poison the most, and it's men. Mm-hmm. It's men who are using poisons to get close to her and stuff. So uh, I think that's kind of interesting, just to, you know, side note there. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was uh, kind of cool. Anytime I hear about a magical stone that can do things, I pay attention, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, even why bring it up? Matt, why why bring well, up because, those things? You know, like it's because it's, we're gonna because we're about we're, we're gonna start getting into with warlocks and Quaith and all this other magical stuff too. So, uh huh, yeah. Well, you know, and also she is there's an attempted poisoning, and she was already it was already happened once, etc. So yeah, um, and and she says they've done nothing but try to give her water, and so she rips it off, and it's just like I'm done with this. It's sort of symbolic of like done with Karth and and Zaro and and his. You know, he doesn't actually want to marry her. You know, she's no, seen he his no, mannerisms. He wants, he wants her for her dragons. Right. And be, yeah. Right. She's he not, can use her as a, a political piece. Right. Exactly. And, and she catches on to that and, and, and knows it. So uh, the other big thing I got, I, my other big takeaway was the comet. Uh, everyone believes the comet is assigned to them. Right. They Everyone thinks it's. They it's, all internalize it. Right. And I think George is saying something to us about just us as people. Right. We see things and we think, what does that mean for me? What does that mean about my destiny, about my fate, my future, all that kind of stuff? Clearly, it's meant for me. Uh, and these, these things are just sort of, it's just a comment. You know, I mean, it means something. What, what, what does it mean? I don't know. Take it for either what it is or make something out of it or whatever. But Danny thinks it was, it led her to Karth for a reason. And, uh, you know, towards the end of this, that's sort of why she decides to, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. So I'll say that in a second because she's going to go uh, to a different faction here in a little bit and decide, um, you know, to go seek them out for information. And, you know, before that, though, we're talking about what they're, they're moving along. She's talking to Zaro, and this is the big thing, right? This is where we are seeing uh, everyone seems to be stopping and looking at this mage who is climbing a fire ladder. Magic's back, buddy. Magic is. is back. All right. Well, is it back or had it never left? Oh gosh! Maybe it seems because it seems like the magic in 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 the far east has always been there. Wow, wow, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. When I heard you say that, I felt like I should start clapping for fairies to live again. Like I don't know, like, like <laughs> why have I been clapping this whole time? You know, <laughs> like, uh, but I mean, it's yeah, maybe, 
I don't know. What is it that is it the dragons? Is it is it always there? Has it always been there? I think so. Yeah. I think it's just belief in it. I, you know, yeah. one of the big one of the big themes is like who do, where do you believe power lies? Is it in religion? Is it in money? Is it in strength? Is it in magic and power? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, right after that we meet we yeah, right right after that uh Danny says or Zaro says oh it's it's a trick and then somebody appears and says it is no trick. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this is cool. Uh character we we were covering a lot going into season 8, Quaith. Gosh, what <laughs> what a joke. What I, I, a, I actually what, don't what know. A, what a total collapse on that it, one. Well, it's also like did George abandon this? You know, I did he um because I've, I've read in different places where at one point he wanted Danny to go to a Shai and then realized, no, she should never go all the way there. Uh, but at the point of writing this, these lines with Quaith, like, is she really supposed to go east? Um, and then Jorah is, is later on urging her to go east instead of going back west to Illyrio. Uh, what all does that mean? Yeah. You know, there's different interpretations on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, right here to go north, you must journey south. To reach the west, you must go east. To go forward, you must go back. And to touch the light, you must pass beneath beneath the shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, unless unless it means, I mean, look, I mean, if if we view, if I mean, trying to think about what Danny does, even looking at the show, I mean, to go north, you must journey south, right? So. She wants to go take care of the White Walkers, I suppose, and she has to go south to the Dragon Pit. Mm-hmm. To reach the west, you must go east. I mean, who says all of these things happen in 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 one thing? I mean, she already has gone east, or she already has gone east, right? She's all the way over here, and then she goes yeah. all the way to Vase Dothrak. Right. Um, to go forward, you must go back. Well... She once she's in in charge of Marine and all of those places, she ends up and where she's at at the end of a dance of dragons is she ends up going back to the Dothraki. So maybe yeah, you could make yeah. that argument to touch the light. You must pass beneath the shadow. Now this could be almost that like scouring of the Shire thing. Say some of this stuff. Some of the stuff we do. Say season eight isn't the end, right? Sure. Which, it could not be right. Who, who knows? Um, if again, you know, we have people who are like, we hate that you guys even talk about season eight cause it's not going that way. But it, again, I'm still going to reference it because it's at least it's, it's some sort of official, uh, you know, <laughs> argument. Gur told them some yeah. stuff. So that's it, all we have to go off of. Um, um, so to touch the light, you must pass beneath the shadow Do, is, is dying passing beneath the shadow and then touching the light. Is that being raised by R'hllor? Could that mm-hmm. happen? I mean, could she, yeah. Could she be raised again? I, I don't know that Danny's dead in 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 the show. I mean, what's this? I mean, Drogon takes her somewhere, and right. we and we met um we met that uh, was it what's her name? Is it what was her name? The other the other red Kinvara? priestess we met, Kenvara. Yes, Kenvara. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, who uh. who, who knows, man? Um, yeah, or maybe we do go to a shy. You know, a shy. Danny thought she would have me go to a shy. Will the shy give me an army? She demanded. Will there be gold for me? Will there be ships? I mean, maybe we do go. Maybe maybe Danny does go to a a a, a shy, right? I mean, what's I mean, you know, God, what's her name? Um, Crowfood's daughter. We had her on here, and yeah. she was talking about stuff that was blowing my mind with Euron, right? And, and yeah. Bloodstone Emperor stuff, and the connections to that. And he's from a shy, so so right. who kn- who knows? I I hope and 
Gurr said we will might learn more about it, so maybe we will go. Well, um, yeah. And she says, you know, what is there in a Shai that I will not find in Karth? And truth is what the woman says. Yeah, the truth. The truth. Well, so part of this whole thing is is like you look at her whole story. If you, like, as you said, the part about going north or going south to go north that could be later in her life, and maybe she's already, as you said. She used to, she was born in Westeros. All she has done is move east. Her whole mm-hmm. life, she has moved mm-hmm. east. Now she can move back west. I mean, we don't know when these prophecy or whatever it is that Quaith is saying. We don't even know if it is. We don't know what it is. Um, is it referring to later on? You know, to, to go to the Westlands, does she have to do something where it's like going east or whatever? Um, and as you said, like a lot of that could be symbolic. It might be like to go forward, you have to go back. Well, it could be back in memory. It could be back right. down memory lane, you know, uh, figuring something out there. Maybe it's something with Bran. He's going to take you back in time and show you something. I, you know, yeah. again, no idea. Um, it just seems yeah. to be that, like, I don't know that we're going to. The only way I see her going to a Shai is if she is, um, when she goes to base Dothrak, if she if that's where she goes um, in the books or she's um, with Drogon, she could fly there. She could fly there. She could learn something and fly right back. And it would make it very, it would quicker than us trying to sail there or us trying to, you know, cross land. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, to go forward you must go back. To touch the light, you must pass beneath the shadow. I mean, it could it could literally just be she tells her all of these things that's well, in order to do what you want, you need to do the opposite. So it could literally just be Yeah. Just just as simple as that. And heck, maybe that's why in season eight she burns King's Landing. Well, in order to be in order to take the city, you need to not uh you know, <laughs> just yeah, accept yeah, yeah. their defeat. You need to you need to torch them. So who knows? Um, I do. Th- I do feel like the the books, no matter what this ends up being, um, whether it is the exact same thing that happens in the show or something entirely different, uh, I do. I do a hundred percent believe that this will be explained by Gurr, or we will will be able to make some sense of it. Yeah. Uh. The 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 pro like Quaith. Yes. This yeah, I, I, I believe I believe we'll be able to piece it together. That'll be something pretty. I mean, you know, a lot of people will be like, well, I think it means this. I think it means this. But I think there will be enough of this to where by the time it's all done, we can say, well, it's 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 this set of things or it's this set of things. Yeah, because right now, right now, it's like, well, I feel like as, as a fans, we, we have no idea what it means. Yeah, because yeah, you, like you get into all the different things, you know. Because we're not warnings. far enough into it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like later on, you know, we get more war- warnings about glass candles burning and and pale mare and and others and krakens and dark flame and lion and griffin and so on. I mean, uh, yeah, and people have tried to put names and characters to all of those different things, and it might not be all 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 characters. It might be places. It might not be actually characters, because um, you're talking about betrayal and and different things and then you weave in all the stuff that's about to happen with the warlocks uh it's it's there's a lot that she has to kind of sift through i think that you know you think about danny going mad and you're being told things like you know quaith is appearing to you like this she's going to go to the warlocks and learn things from them she's around some pretty intense people who are giving her a lot of different guidance and in in prophecy and um i don't know uh, things that could be could be misinterpreted. I think that could drive you a little bit crazy as well, too. Trying to, right. you know, mulling over what I should do or who is it that's going to betray me. Had she not have heard that, you're just going to go move. So that's why sometimes I'm always like, 
with with people and just in life like i'd rather just not know i'd rather just make my own decision go through life but sometimes like when you're told something and you are told something's going to happen you start to kind of work against it and say how do i you know avoid that and and is that going to trip you up and i don't know i think that's where it could get a little dangerous a little dicey for danny so uh, i do just, i do just like the the line that it's it's what you'll actually find is truth um because danny's been man she's been lied to a lot Everybody tells her lies, really. Everyone's giving her false information, right? Um, you know, I mean, what's, I mean, look, I mean, God, I mean, it, she's just used as as a pawn pretty much her 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 entire life here. I mean, just think about how when she's having the conversation with Barris and Selmy about her brother, right? And he's, and it's like, wow, I didn't know that Regar was like that. I didn't know Regar was like that, you know, and 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 stuff yeah. like that, and. Well, even her, even even stuff about her father. I don't know that she really every all of her responses to information like that does it to me doesn't. It seems kind of like wow, I didn't know he was like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah. So, gosh, um, here's the thing, and and I don't even know that like, just because Danny said I don't know like is is Quaith actually talking about a shy or is she being kind of um, just mysterious? Yeah, mysterious because. The shadow could represent. I mean, we, we get references to Tyrion's shadow and how long it is passing beneath his shadow. You know, Tyrion's going to be this. This he's uh, you know, his his shadow looked like as as long or as big as a king, right? King shadow. The the long night is a shadow on the world, right? Do you have to pass through that to reach then kind of, you know, the light or whatever? Is shadow death? Is it a shy? Uh, is is that really what what it means? Like literally, there's so many different things that it could be interpreted, and it could it could be, um, you know, that that could that could it could represent. I don't know. It's just Melisandre is talking a lot about shadows and shadow, you know, um, shadow babies and and you know, things like that involve blood magic. So I just think it could be a lot of things. But yeah, you're right. To find truth, she has to do these things. But what are those things? Like Quaith just. Tell us straight up what's what's going on here. That's that's pretty confusing. Like where yeah. east? By east a couple steps or what? I mean, like, you know, I I've, I've been going east my whole life. So it doesn't tell us anything. And I don't even really know why like how is it helpful? How is it helpful at all to Danny to hear that from Quaith? You know what I mean, Matt? Why mm-hmm. I, I don't think Quaith like like how, does that mean why 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 would she tell her that? I don't know. She's. Just, it, I mean, it doesn't help her just, in to, any way, shape, or form. Beware the pale I mean, mare. Right. I mean, the other thing about Quaith is that she appears out of nowhere, and she acts like she and she acts like she knows everything about Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. I. I don't. I. I how? Do, think, how? How does? Yeah. I mean, is again. That's why. Who is Quaith? I mean, is it right. somebody from Danny's path? Was she yep. waiting there for Danny? Did she know Danny at some point would show up there? I mean, gosh, Danny's roaming around Essos for most of her life, and then she gets sold to Cal Drogo, basically. And then it's like, well, you know, she's out there in the middle. She could have died so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what? I mean, is Quaith following her? Is Quaith? So I, what, I, I like what's to the think, deal. Here's the thing: when I think about who Quaith is now, and I've thought. As I've looked into more about what George says about his world and what's happening here, Quaith doesn't doesn't care about Danny growing up. Quaith doesn't appear to Danny uh, uh, not until the, like she walks into Karth with her dragons, and the world starts to know that she has dragons because the world doesn't know she has dragons until she leaves the, the Dothraki Sea, and word starts to get out that she has dragons. Um, it actually wouldn't even surprise me if somehow. 
Euron uh, is 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 involved and has sorcerers and has different people with glass candles, burning candles, whatever. And and they are uh, in in con. That's the big thing is that someone is sitting, kind of like Marwin the Mage, with a a glass candle, obsidian, you know, uh, piece there, and they're somehow using it to infiltrate. Not she thought it was a dream. It's not a dream. She's actually seeing this sort of hazy sort of uh, image of Quaith later on in a ship. You know, when she's waking from her sleep, it seems like it's she's coming to her in a dream. It's really not. She's using what looks like a glass candle and showing up in and uh, it. And, and talking to her, so to me, it's an she's an agent of of uh, I'll just say it. Uh, she's sowing discord and, and confusion. Yeah. Um, it's not helpful information. It's not like she can, you know, she sees these individuals and say that's the Griffin, that's the Lion, and that's the Pale Mare. I mean, there's too many. If we're sitting here running around like a bunch of crazy people trying to figure out who that could be, you just have her literally chasing shadows, and she's running. Like the madness and the stir that's going on in her mind is 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 I think going, I think she's she, she's going crazy. And so it's interesting that Marwin would be coming to her later on in the series and possibly trying to help her, uh, and that other people would need to help her because I think people are trying to separate her from her dragons, and I think they're trying to stop her. And I used to think that Quaith was someone who was helping her, but the more I thought about it, how hindering. how I think she's hindering her. Yeah, exactly. It's a good word. I mean, I, I don't know that. You know, if you want to be helpful, be helpful. I mean, like, don't speak clearly. Speak clearly. Because it just, it's, I don't know what it's for. And that act, that also may be that, that George thought he would put that in there and I'm going to use that later. You know, he likes to see how things grow. I don't think that grew well. And I actually think he's maybe going to clip that. And, and so, like, maybe some of those things will work out that, like, you know, it's a struggle. But I don't know we're ever going to find out who, do you think we're ever going to find out who Quaith is? <sighs> yes, yes, I do. Well, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if we did. I think, I, I, well, I mean, I think, I think, I think one of two things happens. One, we find out who Quaith is, or two, her prophecy is revealed. But again, the the problem the problem with Quaith's kind of kind of prophecy here is is that it's so specific, right? And because it's this person who literally steps out of nowhere and provides counsel to her, that if it doesn't go anywhere, like even if it even if it all happens, it's still like, well, who the heck? Wh- who is this person that steps out of randomly nowhere yeah. to provide Danny this this counsel? Like what? Like you need some explanation for that, right? I mean, you need. Yeah. Y- it would be like in Star Wars if. Yoda was literally just some crazy dude on this planet that Luke meets and he wasn't a Jedi master or something like he just crash lands there and you just meet this crazy dude who's like, well, it's kind of like when your uncle gives you like some weird advice, you know, once or, you know, I mean, but like, well, you're going to you're going to have to you're going to have to have more sort of there has to be more to it. Otherwise, it's just a really weird thing that happens out of like sheer coincidence and then that right. you know there has to be some bigger some bigger meaning to it. i mean it's like look i mean the reason maggie the frog is so cool and 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 so important is because it's like cersei goes there when she's a kid looking for answers and she gets answers that all come true and they're not necessarily all great things right right and so it's like okay we don't ever need maggie the frog to ever come back but quaith is different because quaith finds danny yeah. So, you know, it's different if you go searching for it 
where as opposed to those those things just come up to come come at seemingly out of nowhere you're there needs to be more there needs to be more to it like the ghost of high heart is you know different because it's they kind of in a way are searching for her and they go back to her and she she requires something from them so it's like you have to make a decision in order to get this possible information that's that you're right that's very different yeah exactly she's just something that exists that you chose to tap into and then it happens to connect but this person intentionally chose to intervene and to step into Danny's life. So they have some motive. There is some, they are trying to either help her or hurt her. Uh, that, right? I mean, it's one of those two things. And like Ghost of High Heart is just saying, I want a song and so I'm going to give you information and, and take it how you will. It means whatever it means. But this person stepped into her life and said something to her that's causing her to, to evaluate. She thinks about it often and thinks about, who these things are, and she's wondering. So you're right. If we never learn who Quaith is, and you get to the very end of the series, Danny, had, and let's say she's gone mad, and she's burned down King's Landing. Is that because of what Quaith said to her? And then if we never know who Quaith is, are we just going like, well, did that person win? Where's their, yay, I won. Uh, I, 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 right. I turned you need, Quaith. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or, or is it that they lost, and they didn't you know, help steer Danny away from that? Like, we never know what, what that person's investment is, and it doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know. It's yeah. I've I'm always found it intriguing, but now now I start to think um, we're abandoning. Uh, and I just read a few things where people were talking on on uh, Reddit and on the Song of Ice and Fire, um, you know, Reddit as well. Just that uh, it seems like George was he was thinking about a shy and he abandoned it and he decided not to go there. Um, so he does change his mind. He does change his mind about oh, things. I'm sure he does. He just told us that in Winds of Winter that he's rewriting some stuff. Now, that's before he's published the book. But, um, yeah, he's reworking things to make it work and, and whatever. And so uh, right there is all the proof. I mean, like that, that shows me every that, – that's a whole other conversation. But, like, the fact that George is reworking the story that he maybe even presented to Dan and Dave, I ought to tell you a lot. I mean, he, he's, it's not done. <laughs> so no. if you're going to change no. stuff up, you know, yeah. then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so well, the, okay. So the rest of the chapter is again, it's her kind of talking with with Jora, um, and she's kind of reflecting upon her, you know, some of the stuff with Zaro and how Zaro wants, you know, basically her right, ultimately for her dragons, um, and so she kind of thinks about some of these things and decides. The comet led me to Karth for a reason. I hope to find my army here, but it seems that will not be. What else remains? I asked myself. I am afraid. She realized, but I can't, but I must be brave. Come tomorrow, I uh, you must go to Piat Pre. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and one more, I guess, kind of thing is she thinks about going to Illyrio and getting ships and sailing. And Jorah gives her good advice in that, like, although there is disarray and turmoil over there right now. It's not enough that they won't all unite. That actually could unite Westeros and to strike you down. That might be something that they say. Let's. So he kind of makes a point that like be care. Like going now might not be the best time. The best idea uh, to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much the chapter. Yeah, guys. Okay. Um, well, we have a, a big raven here. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and dive into this. It's actually really cool. A lot of connections here. This is from Lady Abigail uh, of House Spears, Dame of Dorne. Okay. Um, she says, I hope this, no this note finds you in good health, sirs. I am Lady Abigail of House Spears, the Dame of Dorne. 
Uh, she says, I recently became a patron after listening to the podcast off and on for about the past two years and have started my own personal deep dive into a reread of the books and of all accompanying wikis and maps. Uh, my family hails from a humble keep in the Riverland, and that is where I was raised and met my dear husband. However, last year, um, he was granted a lordship and a castle in Dorne, so we have brought our dire wolf, two shadow cats, and two wildlings to our new Dornish abode, a.k.a. <laughs> I'm from central Illinois, and we just moved to San Antonio, Texas for a shop. I feel like everybody's moving to Texas. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah they are. Seems, right. Yeah. 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 It says, this Raven is not so much one particular theory, but more of a broad scope of the main characters. I got a bit obsessed with the particular choice of the first names of the main POV characters. My thought was, if I was Gurm, uh, the POV characters would feel a bit like my children, and naming my children took a ton of research and careful consideration. So naturally, I took all of my favorite characters and looked up their names on several baby name databases uh, to find the meaning of each one. And I found some very interesting information. It says Sansa is Romanian for luck, fortune, chance, and charm. How fitting for a character who has to rely on the eloquent graces and charm she was taught as a child to avoid imprisonment, torture, and death at the hands of her betrothed and his mother. She also has a bit of luck and good fortune when she was willing to take a chance to trust Sir Dantas. Sansa has always been my favorite character because of her arc. Uh, her arc reminds me uh, the most of myself. We've already seen her use her courtly etiquette uh, and charm to win over many of the Knights of the Vale. Here's hoping she continues to do the same and stumbles across more good fortune on her quest back to Winterfell in the Winds of Winter. Arya is Italian, and the literal translation is air, but is more commonly used to describe a solo melody, like in an opera. This is the one that made my jaw drop. Arya is perhaps the most solo character in the entire series. Every person or group or people she starts to count on ends up dying or betraying or getting separated from her. Not to mention she is always referencing how she does not want to get married or be a lady. She'd rather be alone. Plus her direwolf is presumably out in the wild alone. The symbolism here is real. I can't wait to see her strike out on her own and start getting after people on her list in the Winds of Winter. John is Hebrew and means to be gracious. This is where I said, hold the phone. <laughs> There's a few layers here. First of all, to be gracious means to be courteous and kind, which John has to be his whole childhood, even though he doesn't get included as a trueborn child and doesn't get to sit at the high table for the feast. But secondly, if R plus L equals J is, uh, is real, right? Um, then John is the heir to the Iron Throne, meaning he is the true king and everybody should be calling him your grace. <laughs> I think this almost uh, proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that R plus L are his parents. But the question now is how is he going, what is he going to do with this information? I think he will graciously decline the Iron Throne and return north, perhaps getting all the wildlings to follow him, uh, follow him up as king beyond the wall. Bran is Irish and Welsh for raven or crow. I think we've, we, people, have, people have said that uh, to us a handful of times. And dark birds in general. And there it is. Let that one sink in. Yeah. Proof yeah. that Gurm is a mastermind. There are about a thousand symbols to discuss here, but I keep going back to the phrase that Catelyn uses, dark wings, dark words. And I cannot help but wonder what dark words Bran has in store for the realm. What will he learn from Bloodraven, and how and how will he use his knowledge? I don't necessarily think he will do anything but a, uh, with malice and 
intent, but I think we will uh, he will learn about the dark side of humanity and see some of the atrocities the first men committed against the children of the forest, and he will feel obligated to try and make uh, up for those. Uh, which could have grave consequences and a rippling effect for the people who are currently living. Stark characters are clearly my favorite characters, but I looked up some more as well. Uh, these are just smaller, some 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 snapshots. Uh, Tyrion is derived from the ancient city, city uh, Tyre, the modern-day Lebanon, where uh, Tyrian purple dye was used to color uh, fabric um, of, a, of a deep purple, also called royal purple. So there's that Tyrion Targaryen possibility. Yeah, yeah. Rob is uh, Germanic, which means bright flame. Uh, both Rob and Robert achieve flame in similar uh, ways. Rob Stark and and Rob Robert Baratheon. Sandor is hung- the Hungarian version of Alexander, which means defender of men. Um, Drogo is Saxon for ghost and Slavic for precious and dear. Uh, he's not a POV, but is often referenced in Danny chapters, and he is all three of those things to her. Theon is Greek and means of the gods. Interesting, interesting that he is exposed to and asked to follow at least three sets of gods, the old, the new, and the drowned, and he forgets all of them when he becomes Reek. Uh, I had a harder time finding meaning for the lesser characters who aren't POV, and I think those characters probably don't feel as close to Gurm uh, as do his POVs, and that's okay. Also, the entire Targaryen line of succession uses the letter Y in their letters, uh, and or A-E, next to each other, and if it's a tough to find real-world names to compare them to. I think he straight up invented the majority of their names and purposely had them all have similar lettings slash spellings because they all wed brothers and sisters. I didn't dive into the last names because I think Gurm has, pro- Gurm has proven time and time again that character's last name is not always uh, equal, right? Um, John Snow, right? And potentially mm-hmm. John or Aegon Targaryen, whatever they're, whatever they're going to go there. And then Joffrey, you know, Baratheon slash right. Lannister slash should actually be what? Um, Stone, or not Stone, but uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, what, whatever the bastard name is. Yeah. yeah. No, whatever the bastard name of the crown, of the the Lannister land is um, the Westerlands. It's uh, I, that one's the one I always forget. Hill, hill, or no hill is hill is the reach. It's it's something even it's something even um, more more specific. Um, uh, I think first names are much more significant for him in his in his writing. So sorry for writing you guys a novel. If you uh, stick with me this far, um, uh, thank you so much. I can't wait. Uh, to hear your thoughts, please feel free to debunk any of my musings. Lady Abigail of House Spears, Dame of Dorne. First of all, thank you. That was an amazing raven. I, when anytime people do some serious research, um, it's great. Yeah, uh, I, some, I know Bran has people have kind of said that to us before. It's kind of Irish and, and Welsh, but a lot of these, um, you know, I haven't really dived into. I really like the connections. Uh, yeah, that's 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 that you made here. This is great. This is some great. Uh, some great research into this. Yeah, no, that, that was actually really good. And that's, that's pretty awesome. The connection, you know, your grace, right. For, for John and being gracious and leaving. Uh, I thought Sandor was interesting too, that, you know, he would be a defender of men, but even more so that he uh, is, is uh, he roots for the quote underdog uh, and, and would be, uh, you know, want to help kind of other, you know, people who, you know, who are, who are less fortunate or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think that was, that, that's really cool. That's really interesting. I mean, Sansa, I also like Sansa, and I do, you know, she is using her charm to kind of win, win people over and stuff, so 
yeah. yeah, it's yeah. You were you were correct by the way. Sorry, I was I was wrong. Yeah, uh, Hill Hill, yeah. It, Hill is the name of the Westerlands. It's Flowers. That's the name of the of the, of, uh, of yeah. the Reach. I just when I think of the Reach, I think Horn Hill, which is I know. Yeah, 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 so yeah that's right. Yeah. That's where I get that. Horn I Hill that. too. By there, well, there you go. Horn Hill and yeah. Sam, and Sam has the horn. You know, you know. Think about that for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it. That was the, gosh, I. I yeah, that this is this is awesome. This is the thing, you know. I and I, I could be wrong about this. I, I was watching this somewhere, whether it was a gosh, it was another another podcast, another YouTuber, or it might have been on Reddit. Um, but Martel, uh, Doran Martel, mm-hmm. uh, I think his name, and I could be totally wrong. I think I think it represents or, or symbolizes death. Uh, could be wrong, you know. Uh, but it feels like he's watching everyone around him die. And he's he's watching his family members die, and that he actually may be even the last one who does die. Like Ariane Martel might die, uh, Tristane has died, uh, or not Tristane, um, Quentin, <laughs> poor Quentin, uh, has, has has died in the show. Uh, Tristane does die. The Sand Snakes will do different things. So yeah, it's cool to kind of look at like how how these different characters are uh, named and what their name possibly could mean because. Matt and I have said for a long time, I think a lot of people agree with us and, and maybe have been saying it for years as well, which is the characters that are mentioned in that first book are significant. They are George's children, and he took a great deal of, put a great deal of thought in naming those characters, and uh, their names have significance, 100%. Yeah. That was, that was fantastic. That was a really great rave, and I, I'm very, very happy we got that, and uh, I, I would love to hear, Lady Abigail, I'd love to hear more, because it seems, I'm, I guarantee you, since... Uh, she has sent that into us. It's been uh, it's been a bit. It's been a little bit. So if you have anything else uh, or other thoughts, we would love, love, love to hear from you. So it was well written. Yeah, yeah, ab, abs, absolutely. So, all right, guys. Hey, remember we are going to be doing a Zoom hangout for the patrons, Bannerman tier uh, and, and above uh, this Friday. What time did we say? As six p.m. Pacific, which is nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. PM Eastern, and then a handful of times, depending on what other time zone you uh, happen to be in. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. That's, yeah. That's 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 where we're at. So, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. with yeah. that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 41, Tyrion 9 of A Clash of Kings. Absolutely. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.